What's going on, everyone, and welcome back for another episode of Beyond the Buoy. My name is Captain Zach. I will be your host today, as I will be on every episode. And in today's episode, we talk to Nicole Strout of Rugged Seas. Her husband, Taylor Strout, could not join us. He is also an owner and operator of the company, but he is actually on a fishing vessel in the middle of the Bering Sea at the moment. So unfortunately, he couldn't join us today uh, due to the conditions and you know the, the logistics behind it but we will be doing an update show in the near future i am sure of it they have so many cool things going on and if you're not familiar with rugged seas rugged seas is a outdoor gear and apparel company that specializes in building community around fishermen and they actually take old used fishing bibs which if you're or, haul, or hauling pants depending on where you are um <clears throat> And what they do is they cut them up, they make them into patches, bags, and all sorts of other gear. And they're not only helping the environment by recycling, but they're also creating an awesome community behind fishing, which um, historically has been a underserved population of the marine industry. So with that being said, I'm very, very excited to introduce to you uh, Nicole Strout. We were actually able to chit-chat a little bit when her kids were put up for nap time. So um didn't want to take too much of her time but it was an awesome conversation and i'm sure you're gonna enjoy it so with that being said here is nicole strout uh talking about rugged seas and taylor we're gonna catch you on the next one but i know you're listening so please do enjoy the show welcome to beyond the buoy nikki and uh it's a pleasure to have you on rugged seas uh when i was scrolling through instagram and looking through um to you know looking for potential interviewees it was you know pretty obvious that you guys I definitely wanted you guys on the list and among the first to to be on the list so um it's a pleasure to have you on the show and I know uh, Taylor won't be joining us but hopefully maybe sometime in the future we do some sort of um you know throwback episode or you know an update episode and we'll have uh, both you guys on on board yeah we would love that yeah he's just with his schedule it's just tricky but thank you so much for this is a great connection to have. And, you know, we're really happy to be able to do this and have this opportunity. So thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. And I mean, being from New England, it's it's cool to have other New Englanders on, on the show. So for sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, so let's, uh, let's, I, I guess let's just kind of continue our conversation from earlier. So Taylor is out in Alaska right now. Um, he's a fisherman, a Pollock fisherman. And, yep. and well, you also mentioned he does a bunch of other fisheries as well. Um, do you want to kind of re-expand upon what he's doing and how that kind of, um, how you guys met and then what led you into Rugged Seas? Sure. So Taylor and I actually grew up together in Maine um, and we were really good friends and then kind of, you know, started dating later in life. And my uncle is the captain of the boat that Taylor's on. So Taylor grew up lobstering here with his dad out of Portland, Maine, and so he has a lot of experience on the ocean. He actually put himself through classes um, and got his Merchant Mariner's credentials, and he was working as a Merchant Marine, and my uncle um, needed some help on his boat, so my uncle called him up and said, Taylor, you want to come up here and try this? And Taylor was like, well, let me talk to Nikki about it first, and he said... um, when do you need me? And my uncle basically said, I booked you a flight for tomorrow out of oh, Austin. no way. Yeah. So there wasn't really like, Nikki, how do you feel about it? It was kind of a done deal. And I, you know, which is fine because I knew this was sort of a dream of Taylor's. Right. And um, 
so he's been doing this for he started i think in 2011 mm-hmm. um and then took a break for a little while and now he's back to it and yeah like you said their um their main fishery is pollock but they um fish for cod and last season they did some salmon tendering so it's a midwater trawler it's about 150 feet mm-hmm. and um they kind of go with like we were talking about the schedule of the plants up there and how they offload but also the weather this season is really tough with the weather they have a lot it's very cold so there's a lot of ice build up and the seas get pretty big so yeah i've actually yeah. i've been following along on taylor's stories and you know on social media and the the pictures he gets is yeah they're incredible i mean aren't they wild they're yeah. so wild it's like na- national geographic I know um, it's crazy. Yeah, the one with the the bald eagle coming down on the net—that was. I was like, oh, I kind of want. I want to hang that on the wall or something. You know? I know he yeah. said bald eagles up there are basically like seagulls here. They just they just come in swarms. It's just amazing. Really? So yeah, yeah, <laughs> sure we love seeing his pictures. After a while. Yeah, I think they yeah they hang around a little too much, but <laughs> yeah, too funny funny yeah um so he's out in alaska and um at the moment but what was he what was he doing um you said he got merchant mariner credential uh, mm-hmm. his captain's license yeah um what was he doing uh prior to um you know going up to maine and trying out fishing so he was um he worked on tugboats for a little while mm-hmm. and then he was working out of the gulf um and he was on oil rigs and so the industry sort of changed down there and with my career and you know childcare and things like that he actually took a break from that we moved to vermont for a little while for my job and Mm -hmm. he um was uh he basically was home with our oldest son and then he worked at orvis like their fly fishing shop Oh, really? And yeah. skied. He was like a ski bum oh, and worked at Orvis and lived the best life. And so, yeah, that's what he was doing before. And then what were you doing? What was your... So I'm a nurse practitioner. Career? Okay. Yeah. Um, and my we moved to a really small town in Vermont, and I worked in an orthopedic group there. And it was a great experience, but we missed the ocean so much, so... Yeah, Vermont's a lot of um, a lot of woods, mountains, forest. There's not a whole lot Definitely. of ocean. Yeah, no and, ocean. Yeah, yeah. It's it. I I feel the same way. You know, growing up on the water, it's I almost kind of get a, a little bit of anxiety when I don't see the ocean for a long period of time. Um, and it's funny because I'll go out and do some. Yeah, back, I get that. And, yeah, right. And it's weird because unless you unless you haven't grown up on the water or spent a lot of time on the water. You don't really understand it until you leave it and you're like, oh man, like, exactly. Uh, I really need to see the ocean. Right yeah. Now. Yeah. It's totally. wild. It's wild. So, yeah. growing up on the coast of Maine and us moving, you know, to, I lived in Pittsburgh for a little while and mm-hmm. Taylor was in Colorado for college and it always just felt like something was missing. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it's definitely being on the water. You miss it. Yeah. No, for sure. And I guess that's kind of the essence of this the show is finding people who kind of understand that feeling um, mm-hmm. and how they've pursued something so that they never have to lose it and they can, yeah. you know, go explore elsewhere. But at the end of the day, they, they have the ocean kind of in their back pocket, you know? Um, yeah. 
so you guys so you you guys move to vermont you stick around then you go to maine um and then how does how do you guys transition from the schedule that you had to what you have now from um you know fishing in maine to fishing in alaska and then where exactly does rugged seas start and start to fit into everything because i mean it sounds like you guys have a really busy schedule we do it's pretty busy um (laughs) we've got three little boys too so that adds to the busyness Mm -hmm. but um we so taylor back in 2012 when we were still in maine and taylor was doing lobstering a lot of lobstering with his dad he started um designing hoodies for the different fisheries here because he'd been up in Alaska, I think, like I said, 2011. And he had seen that all the guys up there had their own gear for each fishery. And it was something that they were super proud to wear and everybody had it. And you come back here in Maine and there's nothing like it. Um, And so Taylor was like, you know, guys here, I think would love being able to represent their own fishery. And so he started designing hoodies and we were just selling them at Hamilton Marine and Vessel Services. And then I was selling them out of our basement for a while. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah. And people really liked them a lot. And so he started shipping back out to Alaska and he was designing all these hoodies on his night watch because he had so much time sitting. And, um, and then in the last two and a half to three years, we kind of said how can we do more? There's got to be something else that we can do other than just hoodies. And he came up with the idea, you know, what do all fishermen have in common? What's something that they all use every day? Um, And we thought of hauling pants, bibs. And we were like, what do people do with their used bibs when, you know, they get a hole in them? Because often when you look at a pair of bibs, they're only worn like right across the hips because that's where they take, you know, a trap and it hits right there. And that's where, but so there's a ton of material that that's great material. And so we thought maybe we could take these bibs, used bibs and make something out of them. And then we came up with the idea of the bags and it's just taken off from there. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's such a cool concept. Um, and to start from, you know, to try it, they say like niches get the riches, right? So <laughs> it, it, I'm sure you've heard of that, right? Because you're yeah, laughing, yeah. You're like, oh, that makes sense. And um, to start with the sweatshirts and be designing them, and it's very grassrootsy, right? It was yeah. it more was sound more like a passion project more than anything else. Exactly. And to actually kind of evolve into, all right, how do we take these these fishing bibs for? And for those who don't know, fishing bibs are they're uh, I. They're a type of pants that basically they're made out of a what would you say a Gore-Tex material almost? I can't really. Yeah, it's a pretty thick, durable material. Yeah. Yeah, almost kind of like a rubber rubber material, um, and guys use it. Yeah. Because it's really rugged, right? Hence rugged seas, and um, yep. it, it doesn't wear out. So that and it's cool because you guys are using it and you're recycling them too at the same time. So, right. I mean, we've, yeah, talking to a bunch of fishermen, they just throw these, their used bibs away. They just, and so the recycling piece and, you know, upcycling and reusing this material that was just being put in the trash is, is great. Yeah, absolutely. So you guys started out, what was, you started out with the sweatshirts. Um, and then where did you go from there? You started making bags. 
So Taylor came up with the idea of the bags and we just were like, okay, well, where do we go with this? How do we find someone who can help us make this bag? Mm -hmm. And um, a really good friend of mine, Chris Cast, um, he owns his own branding company. So I went and met with him. Taylor is actually in Alaska. I went and met with him and I was like, Chris, so we have this really big idea, but you may not think it's a big idea. I don't know, but I need your input. And so he was like, this is awesome. Like, this is such a cool idea. And he connected us with um, a guy out of Lewiston, Maine, who his company is called Roguewear, and he makes bags and manufactures bags. And it's like this company that's been in his family for years and years and generations. And it was a great, the relationship just sort of took off from there. And so he, we go up there all the time and we've been working with him on the designs and how to work with this material. And, you know, and it's just, so we've got a backpack that we do. We've got a tote bag that we do. And then we've got a bag that we haven't really been marketing yet. Um, we're going to call it the long haul. Mm -hmm. And it's basically a bag for, people who either merchant mariners or fishermen or, um, you know, anyone who's out on the water for an extended period of time, it's a bigger bag so you can fit more in it. And it has a pocket on the inside that's waterproof. Mm. So you can put like your dirty boots and whatever gear and keep it separate from the rest of your stuff. Oh, cool. Um, so that one we're, we're working on right now. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, I didn't. I didn't realize you guys did so many. Um, you were so driven to do uh, a lot of bag stuff. I was kind of under the impression um, it was a lot of apparel, but that's that's awesome. So because uh, I've always seen the hats, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so we have the hats, the patch hats, and actually the cool thing about the hats, we were like, you know, we're cutting up these hauling pants, and there is material left over. It's smaller pieces of material. What can we do with this? Right. And we were like, let's make patches, patch hats. And right. So it's really very little waste with once we cut up a pair of the bibs and get what we need from them, it's very little waste. So it's it's pretty awesome. That's awesome. So when you guys were first starting out, you you go to this guy, um, Mike, his name is Mike, right? Mike Cast? Chris. Chris Cast. Chris, what a yeah. cool last name too. Very yeah. fitting. You know? Yeah. Um, is he a fisherman as well or... He's or, not. He um, has his own branding company. So he does a lot of marketing and works with people to sort of develop their brand. Oh, uh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you guys talk to Chris Cast and you're like, hey, we got this idea. Let's try and make a go at it. But at what point did you guys any do any prototyping in between there? Like we were like, all right, we got these bibs. You know, how does a big bib become a backpack? You know, I mean, that's pretty... Yeah. To, to look at a bib and be like, all right, that can be a backpack. I mean, that, that takes some thought and some, you know, patience, right? Yeah. It's so we all, the, we started the bag idea because Taylor was like, I really want a bag that I can take that's small enough that I can take it with me on the plane back to Alaska, but it would be great to have a pocket to keep things separate. So this was all Taylor's vision. Mm-hmm. And he wanted the bottom half of the bag to be waterproof. And so he knew that with the bibs and the material, that would be waterproof. And so it started with this long haul bag. 
And basically, we made the connection with Mark from Rogueware, and we went to him, <laughs> and we brought stinky fishing bibs that I had washed in our washing machine, <laughs> and like the first time we met him, and we were like, okay, Mark, so we have this crazy idea. What do you think of it? And we were literally measuring out pieces trying to figure out, okay, this would be a good size bag because we could get this much material out of one pant leg. And then we started prototyping with him. And so it's just kind of taken off from there. It was like when I met with Chris, I was like, Chris, I don't really know about this. This seems a little crazy, but I think maybe we could make it work if we meet the right people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And and it's, that's such a good point that you made there. It's, it's the team that you have behind you and the people that you meet along yeah. the way. Um, I was just, uh, I just interviewed a guy named Hogan Peters who actually started a surfboard wax company and he also makes wax uh-huh. for other uh, industries as well, but it's all out of beeswax. And wow. his, his, yeah, it was very cool, very interesting. And um, his thing was the, the people behind you are more important than the actual product itself. Um, that's like, yeah, I, I 110% agree with that because like thinking about the way this has all evolved, it's really happened pretty organically. And I think if we hadn't have made the connections that we did along the way, then we would be so far behind in this project. So it, it totally is. It's all about the people that are helping you, supporting you and making it all happen together. Right. And I feel like I could be wrong here, but that's almost the core of your brand is like we have these these guys who are out there, you know, doing like incredibly hard work, long hours, they're away from their families, and they need a brand that they can actually stand behind and be like, you know, some something to bring them together in the community um, of Rugged Seas. Do you want to, can you touch upon a little bit of that? I mean, because I know we talked yeah. about it earlier, um, about how you guys actually source the bibs from sourcing to the manufacturing to you know doing brand awareness how do you guys go about that yeah so we sort of were brainstorming okay how are we going to get enough how can we make sure that we have this supply of used bibs and so because we'd already developed a good relationship with Hamilton Marine and Vessel Services we went to them we had drawings of the prototypes of the bags and we said So this is a really big idea and we want to know if you guys want to help us. And so we um, said we want to have drop sites. So we Taylor went out and got these big barrels. They're like, I don't even know how many gallons, but they're these huge barrels. And we delivered them to each of the sites. And we were like, we want this. We want the fishermen to feel some sort of kickback when they bring in their used bibs, mm-hmm. no matter how grungy, torn up, we, t- we will take anything. Um, we want them to feel like, we, we want them to know that we appreciate it. And so we thought, well, we could give them a percentage off any of our gear that we already sell at those stores. And so any guys, and we still, anyone who brings in a pair of used bibs or a jacket, whatever they have, um, they get 5% off any of... Um, our gear that we sell at the stores. So we also, along the way, made a really great connection with the CEO of Guy Cotton. Um, oh no! Here way. in the United States, yeah. 
So I'm sure you're familiar with Guy Cotton, mm-hmm. but they're a French company. And basically they designed and made the very first pair of hauling pants. And so again, this was just a lucky connection that happened, but they're a very um, green company. So they do not like to waste any material mm-hmm. and they have all this, all these scraps of material from the bibs that they make. Um, and they have a place in Massachusetts where they, where they produce them. And so Patrick, the CEO of Guy Cotton was like, you know, we would love to make a connection with a smaller company and, um, find a way to recycle more of our material or more of our things, you know, or upcycle basically. So he, um, has been giving us all of his, remnant scraps from their plants where they actually make the bibs and we've also been able to recycle that material so that connection has been huge for us how did that come about i mean that's pretty that that is huge that that's going to take you guys from you know making taking bibs and recycling them to literally just off to the races i yeah so, I mean, we, we looked at each other. So basically the, the, that relationship started because Patrick really likes to show his face in all the places, um, all the sites where he does business. Mm-hmm. So he does business at Vessel Services, which is a, a place where guys go for any gear that they need. There's a fuel dock out front um, and it's right off the Portland Pier off Commercial Street up here in Maine. And so he goes there, he talks to the people who own services so one day we were in there um, dropping off an order of hoodies and um, one of the guys at vessel services said you guys should really reach out to Patrick and see if there's some sort of relationship you could develop with Guy Cotton so he had Patrick's or Patrick's phone number and he gave it to us it was like a 1-800 number and I said Taylor you're gonna call that number you're gonna get a secretary and we're never gonna hear from (laughs) right right I bet you (laughs) yeah so Taylor called and Patrick picked up right away. No and That's Taylor, awesome. I don't think expected him, you know, to answer the phone. So it was right. like, uh, uh, hi. Yeah. You know? Who, who is was... this again? <laughs> yeah. Right, right. And so we met Patrick at Vessel Services, which is this tiny shop, you know. They have all the gear that the guys could need. And it's like your mom and pop shop. It's awesome. And um but we met him right there. We stood there. We talked to him about our ideas. We showed him again the pictures of the prototypes of the bags. And he said, you know, Guy Cotton already kind of makes our own bags, so we're not really into the bag thing. Um, but I think that this could work with remnant material. This would be huge for us to be able to recycle this material and not have to throw it away. And so that sort of taken off. And Taylor went down to their site in Massachusetts and came home with like so much material. His truck was full of material. It was like gold to us. <laughs> and we had a real prototype of the long haul bag and he took it down there to show Patrick and Patrick was really impressed with the bag and was like, maybe we could figure out a way to do a co-branding thing with this bag. And so that's what we're working on with Guy Cotton right now. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. That's yeah. really, I mean, to have that relationship in your back pocket, that's right? really, really cool. Yeah, congrats yeah. on that. That's thank you. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, we're excited. I, it's you know, it's taken some time to get it just right, and um, hopefully, it all works out. But things, like I said, just have sort of evolved for us, and it's been 
looking back, just talking to you right now and looking back on the way things have happened, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, but you got, you can tell you're passionate about it. You know, you can tell that you guys really, really put a lot of time and effort and it's not just because you see a lot of these brands nowadays and you see all these t-shirt companies and they just kind of, they're not innovative. They just, they outsource their designs. They just kind of throw stuff up and it's all about making the dollar, you know? Right. Whereas you guys really, really focus on, let's just, let's just say how it is an underserved community, you know? Um, Right. These guys aren't, they don't have, like I said before, they don't have something to really stand by. Um, so I guess, and I guess that kind of brings to my next question, which is, you know, how, how have you guys, have you guys seen a lot of, I mean, I'm assuming yes, but you've seen some awesome feedback, I'm sure from all these fishermen and, um, you know, talk more about that, about how the community outreach is kind of going for you guys. Well, I think that, um, we, so one of the biggest things that we talked about was, this Taylor started this company and we started as Gulf of Maine fishermen and we've transitioned over to rugged seas when we've taken on all these other ideas and projects. But I think the big thing for Taylor was, you know, fishing is like in my, my blood. I grew up fishing with my dad. It was what we did. I had traps. I hauled traps all summer and I want this to be about the fishermen. I don't want to get so disconnected and into this other world where we're not representing the fishing community. And so we talked about how can we really do that and make sure that these guys feel like we're still supporting them and representing them and that it's really about them. Um, And so that's, you know, part of like giving fishermen a discount on our gear. Um, We've also met with uh, Maine Coast Fishermen's Association and the Maine Lobstermen's Association and a portion of all of our proceeds goes to, will go to um, those companies. They have set up funds for like any fishing family where the fisherman is injured and needs help with medical bills or um, their mortgage, things like that. So we will um, be donating a portion of our proceeds to those foundations. Um, but we also just want to make sure that we don't get so far off that, like I said, it's not about the fishermen because that's what this is all about. Um, we've had a lot of things happening up here in Portland, Maine with the working waterfront and guys, you know, there's big developments happening with hotels being built and guys are losing their spaces to tie up. And it's, it's just sort of devastating to this community. And so we just want to make sure that that's what we're representing because that's, that's where this is all coming from. This is where it originates from. And I think people um, have appreciated that. I think that they see, you know, Taylor's family, Taylor's dad grew up lobstering here. His uncle was a lobsterman. And so people know his family. And I think that that has also helped because it's such a, it's such a small community, but it's not, you know, fishermen Mm -hmm. here in Maine, there are a lot of fishermen, but everybody knows somebody, right? And so having Taylor's dad, who's pretty well-respected in the industry, that's helped us as well. Yeah, it it's interesting to hear that, you know, the main waterfront is slowly, slowly getting built up, right? And it's yeah. this gentrification of the coastline. And 
I always, and I was talking to my friend Graham about the oyster farms, and um, it's very much so people look at the the waterfront as this weird kind of, it, they, they look at a fisherman or a lobsterman, right? And they see the boat, they see the guy working, and there's a lot of beauty in that, you know? There's, right. there's a hardworking guy, he's out on the boat, he's feeding his family, but he's also doing something very admirable and feeding other people, right? Right. Um, it's much, I'm, I'm, I'm going to assume that it's very similar to the feeling you would get if you were a farmer, right? Right. Um, but yet people don't exactly, they don't connect the dots. You know what I mean? There's, exactly. There's the thought like, oh yeah, he's lobstering and that's just what he does. But what he's actually doing is he's actually feeding you. You right. Know? And it, right. people see the lobster or the pollock or the cod on, on their plate, but they don't, they don't really connect the dots between that pollock and that fisherman and that fisherman's family and his sons and his uncle. And it's a very generational community, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, my grandfather was a commercial fisherman for some time in, um, in Gloucester. He was a Gloucester yeah. fisherman. And he tied up pretty close down to the guys where the, uh, the Andrea Gale. Yeah. Um, I'm sure, you know, if you're in the fishing community, obviously, in any other community in the, on the water, you've probably heard of the Andrea Gale. Right. Um, but, uh, and I can remember tell, my dad telling stories about um, when he had to go out on the boat. And it's not an easy lifestyle. It's not an easy lifestyle at all. But it's there's, there's yeah. something to be said about those guys. There really is. I mean, it's something that it's this passion in Taylor, he absolutely loves his job. And I don't think there are a lot of other people in the world who can say, hands down, I love what I do. You mm. know what I mean? But it doesn't come without risk. I mean, there was a boat that went down up in Dutch a couple months ago. And I think only two guys survived off the boat. Mm. And that also happens here in Maine. You know, boats go down and it's so the, that really affects the fishing family, obviously. And I, I think what you said about people don't make that connection. And the other piece is, you know, people come to Maine for that iconic lobster fishing feel, right? And mm-hmm. when we're slowly losing that off of the Portland waterfront, where what are people coming here for? Just to look at the ocean? I mean... Right. When you look out and you see a lobsterman coming in to offload, that's so cool. And that's like, but we're slowly losing that because of this development happening. Right, right. And it's it's funny, you know, you mentioned people coming up and looking and viewing the waterfront as if it's this iconic museum, you know, right. of old, the old, the old life, right? These guys going out, they're fishing, but, you know, as much as it is, a, something to look at those guys are working you know yeah they're making a living they're trying to feed their yeah. families and you know pay a mortgage and so to see you guys you know being able to kind of take the essence of that and build it into a brand where you're not only producing something that can hopefully bring light to the the fishing community but also at the same time support the com- uh, fishing community in ways which you you give back and you you recycle and you're environmentally friendly at the same time. It's, it's really cool to watch and really cool to see. So um, I, I applaud you for doing that. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. But, yeah. It's come full circle and hopefully we can keep it that way because. Yeah, it, it, absolutely. And um, 
but you know better yet there there's also you know behind the scenes of rugged seas you know um so it's not just making the bags and doing the designing and you know there's you gotta are you doing all the shipping yourself or are you like what does it look like on a day-to-day because i know you just recently and congratulations you just moved into a full time with rugged seas right yeah yeah so so how's that transition been (laughs) me personally yeah yeah (laughs) it's uh so I, like I said, I was a nurse practitioner and I, it's gotten pretty busy. And with Taylor being gone for such long stretches of time, mm-hmm. um, I've kind of taken a step back from my career and have taken on rugged seas. And so there's a lot of like making these connections like you and I made. I mean, that this is huge, right? Who yeah. would have thought that this, we could have developed this, but um, it's pretty busy. I mean, I go up to Lewiston a lot to meet and you know, we're kind of tweaking things on the bags. I uh, go to the drop sites and pick up all the bibs. And so we also work with Pratt Abbott here um, in Portland and they have come up with this scrub that they use. And so we can, we're actually able to get the bibs like super, super clean now. Mm -hmm. So they're doing the cleaning for us. And then I'm delivering the bibs up to Lewiston and a lot of marketing things. And we're actually headed to um, the Fisherman's Forum at the Samoset um, next week. So I'll have a booth there where I'll be selling a lot of our gear. And right now, basically I, we're doing direct sales to vessel services in Hamilton Marine. So I pick up the order and I deliver everything right there. Um, and then our website will be going live next month. And that's when my life is really going to change. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully right. change. Yeah. It will change for the better. You know? Right, exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. That that must be really exciting to kind of start to see, you know, things all kind of come together and, you know, from all the hard work that's been put in and um what do you what do you see, you know, kind of in the future for rugged seas as, you know, I guess like the next step and where where things are going to go. Yeah, so we um like I said our website should be going live next month and we'll kind of see how things go with people ordering directly off the website. I know that there are a lot of guys up in Dutch Harbor who have heard about Taylor doing this, which is another pretty small community. Everybody knows each other up there and Mm -hmm. they've all been trying to figure out a way to get all their bibs from up there shipped down here to us. Um, So we need to figure out more drop sites. We need to find ways to, um, connect with more people, not just in Maine. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just want to see where this goes with, with the website launch. And then if things get busy enough, who knows, we'd love to be able to have our own shop one day. I mean, that's like big goals, big time dream. But um, so we'll start with the website, see where it goes and kind of go from there. Yeah, no, oh, absolutely. And I, I you know, it's kind of cool how, you know, Taylor's and and you, you know, you being in Maine and Taylor, you know, obviously bounce between Maine and Alaska. You kind of get those two communities, right? You you get, you know, rugged seas in Alaska, rugged seas in Maine. Um, so I'm sure that kind of helps out, right? In terms For of, sure. you know, getting yeah. the word out. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, you know, when Taylor is got Taylor spends half of his life up in Alaska. So 
they really, all those guys up there kind of become their family when they're there. Mm-hmm. And so they're all really supportive of this idea that Taylor has. And um, so if we can find a way to make this about them also, we would love to be able to do that. Yeah. So it will, are you guys kind of looking to like with the, you know, obviously the, um, the Gulf of Maine make sweatshirts for different types of fisheries around the country or is that just for main fisheries right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we were to expand and get, you know, further South and up into Alaska and on the West coast, then that would totally evolve and change. And Taylor would start doing designs for other fisheries too. Right. Right. And now does he have, how did he start designing? Is he, you know, do you go to school for it at all or just kind of, no, it up? no, <laughs> just, uh, he, uh, <laughs> He's actually very artistic and okay. he's really creative. And so he'll come up with a design and he'll spend hours and hours and hours like tweaking every little part of it yeah. and show it to me. And I'll be like, yeah, that's great, Taylor. That looks awesome. Yeah. No, no, I'm not happy with this. One. I'm not happy with this one. And he, I think he's gotten better and better and better. Um, but he's ta- taught himself how to do it. So Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's super cool. Yeah. Yeah, you know, what really kind of drew me to you guys was the the designs. You know, they were just they looked awesome. They're clean. Yeah. They're they give off the rugged feel, but at the same time, it's something that, you know, I would wear out and about, you know, out to dinner if I had to and it, it's not you know, this in your face, you know, kind of screaming at yeah. you. It's subtle yeah. but rugged and it, it's a great it's a great vibe. I like it. I like it a yeah. lot. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, we've, I can, you know, toot my own horn. I've been able to kind of like work on the colors and like of the bags and pairing colors and things like that and picking out the colors of the hats and stuff. So with the new hats that are coming out, we just um, ordered new prints. We found like a really cool camo print and some trucker hats that we're going to start doing and um, the new bib bat bib bags the backpacks we started some new colors of those so Mm -hmm. um i think people will really like the new the new colors and new designs that we've come up with yeah well you should absolutely toot your own horn toot away (laughs) toot toot yeah 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 i mean why you know why shouldn't you right you're you're you guys are obviously such a great team together and you know i'm sure it's definitely difficult working you know, remotely and him being in Maine, I mean, Alaska and you being in Maine and, you know, with the family and whatnot. So um, how do you guys kind of, how do you manage that portion of it? Because I know that can be really difficult. I mean, even trying to get um, a podcast going because, you know, I recently right. moved to Hawaii and, um, you know, no one else is on Hawaii town, right? Right, and right. Not, not even remotely close, right? We're, yeah. we're a five hour dis- uh, difference um on the east coast and then two hours on the west coast but you know i have a weird schedule about you know i'm I'm kind of attached to the boat and um so i can definitely understand where you guys are coming from how do you you know because taylor's always on the he's on the boat so does he have service like can he um how does that work we'll go for a few days where we actually don't talk live um and we use the it's WhatsApp or whatever that app is. So Mm -hmm. we can actually send messages back and forth. They do have internet on the boat. Um, 
it's kind of funny because this morning I got a message from a guy um, on Long Island in New York wanting to get some of our hats. And I was trying to figure out a way to work with him if he had some old, because he's a fisherman down there, if he had some old bibs to send to me, then I'd figure out how to get him a hat. And then I checked the Rugged Seas email after I responded to him and Taylor had responded to him like in the middle of the night last night. Oh, so there's really? sometimes, yeah, things sort of like cross over and um, he's four hours behind. So he's always wanting to FaceTime when he's in port and see the boys. But when he can, it's like, well, Taylor, it's bedtime. You know, they're right. dead, they're asleep. And so we try really hard. It's our oldest son is six and mm -hmm. he really misses Taylor a lot. Um, and so we try to set time when we know Taylor's going to be in port that we can actually, like last night we laid in bed and we were able to FaceTime with Taylor and Cooper was able to talk to him. And, um, Cooper always loves to hear stories of, you know, whatever animals he's seen. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> Whales and dolphin. Yeah. All sorts yeah. of orcas. Yeah, of course. Really cool stuff. And, um, so Cooper loves that. And that's, that's really the only option. I mean, we've had... Last season, I think it was like four days that I went without hearing from Taylor, no messages, no phone calls, and I started to get sort of a panic feeling inside. Mm -hmm. And they were out. They had to anchor up behind some island because the seas really picked up and they lost their internet. And so that was a little scary. But Yeah, I can imagine. Um, other than that, we, we can pretty much message every day. Maybe it'll be 24 hours without not getting, you know, without getting a message from him, but we try to stay as connected as possible. Right. Right. Well, I mean, it, it that's that that in and of itself is amazing. You know, having you guys so remote but being able to, you know, create such a successful business and continue to launch and evolve and and obviously you guys are a great team, you know. Um that that takes a lot to to do that. So, yeah. You know, that's yeah. congrats on that as well. You know, um, thank you. Yeah. yeah. So I think we're starting. I think there's, you know, a point in time where, you know, you look towards the future and you kind of look at the present, where you're going to go. Um, but what have you what have you learned throughout this whole process? Because I know there's a lot of there's a lot of failure involved, um, but always failing forward. So can you touch upon like what what things you've learned along the way? Yeah, I think, you know, we talked about it earlier. Um, you have to, for sure, you have to believe in your product, right? And you have to have passion about whatever you're trying to do. There have been times where I've thought, I don't know if this is going to work. But um, the people who are in our circle now at this point um, are also motivated to get this project going and to make it a big thing that mm -hmm. it's it's hopefully just going to keep evolving um but i think you you have to expect that there are going to be some sort of roadblocks that you're going to come up against and you just figure out how to work around it and not get too down on whatever the situation is because if you get too down and you start to doubt yourself then it's not going to move forward um but that's not to say that things are all just like you know, you have to make it happen. Hard work is how you make things happen, I think. And um, we've learned that through this whole process, for sure, that you have to stay motivated and you have to make it happen for yourself if that's if it's what you really want. 
Right. Yeah. No, that is, there's a lot of truth in that. And it, not everything's all hunky dory and, you know, oh, this is great. And, but it's about the long haul and staying patient and, you know, trying to just trying to make it work, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And to, to some extent, that really kind of puts into perspective like everything a fisherman goes through during during his day on the boat, you know? Totally. Like we gotta we have a boat, we need to catch fish, I need to feed my family. We gotta make this work. Oh, and by right. the way, there's eight foot seas and it's blowing thirty knots. And it's right. you know, zero degrees on, on deck. Right. And there's ice flows and we just we gotta make it work, you know? Right. Because the boat's gotta make money, we gotta make money and you know, but at the end of the day we love what we do. So exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, um, it's been an awesome, a true pleasure to have you on the show. Do you have anything you'd like to kind of touch upon? Um, Any shout outs you want to give to friends, family? Um, I just want to say thank you so much for making this connection. And I'm so excited that